Hey guys, it is Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. No, summer is pretty much done and over, and the snowfall will be here, and the cool temperatures will be here as well. So get it over to Leon Tailoring. They can keep you nice and warm without burning a hole in your pocket. So maybe a little bit of a heavier jacket, or maybe a nice long sleeve shirt, or for ladies, maybe a nice heavier blouse, or a heavier skirt, or a dress. No matter what it is, you can get over at Leon Tailoring. Larry, Norm, Kim, and Judy, they'll take care of you like they've been taking care of me. Almost 20 years since I've been here in Indianapolis, they've been here longer than 100 years. So swing up by Leon Tailoring and tell them Abdul sent you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. Well, according to IMPD, murders and non-fatal shootings are actually down uh, so far this year as compared to last year. Murders down just under 10% and non-fatal shootings down about 11%. Uh, so what does it all mean? Can we trust the numbers? Bob? Or does this mean anti-violence programs are working? And what can we expect uh, for the rest of this year? So joining us on the news lines, our good friend, Reverend Charles Harrison of the Ten Point Coalition. So Reverend Harrison, my friend, it's always good to talk to you. Thank you very much for being with us. Well, good to be with you today. Uh, well, let's go ahead and uh, start. Uh, according to IMPD, as we have this conversation, uh, murders in Indianapolis are down about uh, 9%, about 9%, a little over, a little over 9%. So far, we had 129 murders, 130 so far this year, and 142 uh, is a 2022 number. And when it comes to non-fatal shootings of victims, uh, the number is about 11% in victims and down 7% uh, in incidents. Uh, so what does that tell you, my friend? Well, it, 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 I think there is a disconnect between, I, I think, what is being reported out and then I think the reality of what people are living and experiencing, particularly in the urban core, in areas of the city where we constantly you know, have uh, shootings, stabbings, murders, and homicides in the city. And, and I think for a lot of people, they still see the city very much in a safety crisis. Um, and, and I think it's evident, um, you know, in, in the daily drip, drip, drip of the news reports of shootings and, and, and murders and homicides in the city. So, you know, I've been doing this for 24 years now, you know, started back in, you know, 19, really 98. Uh, but we first hit the ground in 99. And, and I think it is, Abdul, it's, it's as bad out there today than than uh, I think in the last four years than in any other time I've been uh, doing 10 point. Uh, obviously, uh, like I said, Bob, obviously we, we've had, when we have a shooting, it, it takes a while to, to determine whether it's a, a murder or a homicide. And I, and, I, and I remind our audience that while all, while all murders are homicides, not all homicides are murders. Because someone could, uh, for example, my wife could get mad at me, which is any given day of the week, and go ahead and start the car. <laughs> <laughs> so, as, as you all know, now I don't, I don't think that would be, I think they probably should get a medal for doing that. It wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily be... <laughs> Be a, be a murder, but it, but it would be a homicide and vice versa. So uh, I guess the question is, uh, how much that do we need to take to account when, when we look at the murder and we look at the homicide numbers and the data? Well, I, I think, though, you have to look at the level of violence in the city. And, and, and I think when you talk about the fact that someone had to shoot someone and uh, stab someone that led to a homicide, I think it speaks of the volume of violence that we're seeing in the city of, of Indianapolis. And, and when it comes to, you know, at least homicides, the city, you're still on pace for, you know, 200 homicides this year. And I think that's the concern compared to, you know, when you look at 2000, um, 2000 to 2012, when both the murders and the homicide numbers were very low. You know, we, we averaged about, I think, 96 murders over that 12-year period of time yearly and about 100 
and and uh, 15, I think, homicides. So I, I think when you compare it to what we were doing, you know, from 2000 to 2012, I, I think there's been a dramatic increase in just the level of violence that, that is occurring because of some kind of criminal activity that may lead to a self-defense shooting or uh, actual murder. Our guests of the program today is our good friend, the Reverend Charles Harrison of the Ten Point Coalition. Kind of going through uh, Indianapolis's uh, murder and homicide rate. Uh, the numbers are down uh, so far, but still uh, room for concern. Uh, Reverend Harrison, uh, uh, apparently, when you look, we look at our, our murder rate being down. Uh, what what can you attribute that to? Well, I'm not I'm not for sure because I I, I think when you look at historical numbers that we have had the last. Uh, uh, you know, three years, you know, we're coming off three consecutive years, basically, of 200 plus murders and homicides. Um, we're probably down from where we were last year, but I'm not for sure what we are doing any different on the ground um, because it hasn't been a dramatic decline uh, in, in the violence. Um, you know, I, you know, the 10 point areas, for instance, have, pretty, have stayed pretty much steady, uh, you know, over um, the last eight years. Um, so I'm not for sure what, what we can contribute that to um, as far as what the success has been in at least bringing down the numbers from where they were last year, the murder numbers. What are your folks here when you're out, uh, out doing your patrols, you know, on nights, on weekends? What are you hearing from, from, from just regular folks at, at their homes and businesses? They're, they're scared. They're scared. People are scared. People are always complaining and talking about what's going on in their neighborhood, and people are expressing their concerns. You know, when it, when it comes to just um, shots fired, um, when it comes to uh, the sense of feeling uneasy because of their perception of criminal activity in their neighborhood. So there, there is a concern um, that, that people do have. And, and, and I think, uh, you, you know, we... The numbers don't always match the reality of what people are experiencing on the ground. And, and we've got to get to the point where the numbers are reflecting people's perception, too, of how they feel about um, the neighborhood in which they live in. Uh, and also, I know this brings up another question issue, too, which is sort of our unsolved uh, murder rates, which is about 30 percent. I had some change of, of, of murder solved. Uh, what's going on? In, what's going on in that department, do you think? Well, I think I think people are scared to talk. And I think that's been a problem for about 10 years now from, you know, I remember, what was it, 2010, 11, somewhere in that nine, where we had an 80% clearance rate in this city. People were more willing to talk. And I think that has a lot to do with people are concerned that if they really give information about what they know, they don't feel like they're going to be protected. Um, and their identity is going to be known and that they will become the next victim. So we're battling, you know, this whole code of silence in the community, trying to get people to come forward with information, um, and people are still very reluctant to do that. I wish they would um, because I think some of the, the killers, these killers, we have to get off the street, and, and if people are not willing to come forward, you know, then they're going to continue to commit violent crimes. Uh, how much of this, my friend, do you think is generational? Uh, because like I said, I've been here, next year I've been here in Indianapolis for 20 years, which means kids born when I got here are now in their uh, late teens and early 20s and some change. Um, and uh, what, What's going on in, in, that, in that neck of the woods? Do you think we'll ever be able to sort of break or stem the tide of violence? 
Well, we're certainly not going to get that age group to, to talk much. And, and it's, you know, their whole perception of law enforcement is certainly different from my generation and, and the, the mistrust. You know, and I certainly think what happened with, with George Floyd and, and others has not helped when it comes to the trust issue uh, with the black community and law enforcement. And that certainly uh, is a factor where, you know, they don't feel that, that they can, you know, give that information to law enforcement because some see law enforcement as the enemy and not a friend. Our guests on the program days are good friend, the Reverend Charles Harrison of the Ten Point Coalition. Sort of going through the sort of the crime data, uh, how things have gone this year, and what we can expect uh, for next year. Now, obviously, uh, Reverend Harrison, we have a mayor's race coming up uh, in about a month and some change. Actually, early voting starts that first week, the first second week in October, so less than thirty days before early voting begins. Uh, both the incumbent mayor uh, Joe Hawks and Republican Jefferson Shreve have both put out their 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 crime prevention, public safety plans. Both involve a sort of uh, an illegal gun component. Uh, going to the legislature to end permitless carry, uh, raise a, raise a legal age uh, to possessing a weapon uh, from 18 to 21 years old here in Indiana, here in Indianapolis, and a couple other items. Um, obviously, uh, because you guys are a not-for-profit group, you don't get involved in the mayor's races. But what are, what are your thoughts as far from a, from a from a practical crime safety perspective of the mayor and Jefferson Street's plans? Do you think either one of them would actually work? Well, I certainly don't feel like their their gun control plan will work. I, I, I hear most of the comments in the community that people, uh, you know, have conversations with me and, and about that, that they feel like that that's not going to really have an impact on, on the violence, you know, in, in the city. And, and then many of them are, are law-abiding gun owners, and, and certainly they feel like uh, both mayoral candidates are trying to take away their guns. Um, most people feel Abdul that the, the problem in the streets has to do more with juveniles who are underage, who uh, carry guns and, and assault uh, weapons, and um, your repeat violent offenders who normally have felonies and not supposed to have guns. And, you know, some people would like to hear the mayoral candidates talk about how you address that concern and problem. Um, in, in the community with so many guns being on the streets. Uh, I often tell the story, you know, uh, 24 years ago when I first started walking the streets, I didn't see as many people carrying guns as I do today, and particularly among young people. You know, 24 years ago, maybe two out of 10 young people had guns that was a part of any kind of gang or clique, and, and today is almost 10 out of 10. And, and I've seen just a, a, a proliferation of what I believe unlawful guns on the streets, the easy access that I think is leading to a lot of the violence that we are seeing um, that's generated a lot, not just by drug trafficking, but a lot by interpersonal conflicts that get out of hand um, that lead to um, one human being harming another. And I want to say, too, in, in, in that juvenile category, I want to say it's also it's a lot more young ladies and girls who are committing oh, violent, yes, sir. committing violent crimes. Like, what in the world is going on here? I always, I always remember the old Marlon Perkins. The female has always been the more dangerous of the species. But good lord! <laughs> well, I didn't say that you did, but you're absolutely right. Uh, we we have seen a dramatic uh, increase in females carrying guns and being involved in a lot more criminal activity. And, and I and I would say, Abdul, we have seen that in the last five years. So what is go what is go what is going on? Is is it just is it just parents not parenting? Is it just kids running out of control? Or what, what's what's going on, old friend? 
Well, I think it, I think it's cultural. I, I think we cannot. I think we cannot, you know, ignore the cultural trends out there and and the fact that a lot of this violence is just being glorified in a lot of different ways. It's in the music. It's on social media. You know, uh, it's in videos. Uh, they're rapping about it. You know, they're rapping even about harming people, killing people. It's just a part of the culture today. And because there's been such a dramatic change in our culture today, you know, there are no boundaries anymore for these young people. There are no lines in the sand that they won't cross, um, that once upon a time we would not cross, but these kids are crossing it today. And if you don't have a moral compass, and if you don't have any regard for the sanctity of human life, then this is what we, we're, we're experiencing. And, and there's lawlessness and no accountability anymore. Nobody's being held accountable for anything out there now, and they know it. And see, and that's what's interesting, too, because uh, I kind of go back to, to carbon date myself here. For example, my dad was a kid. He'd watch his westerns and old, old gangster films, but him, him, him and my uncles weren't out shooting people. I'd watch, you know, RoboCop, you know, and back in the 1980s, wouldn't go out and shoot anybody. So this kind of makes you wonder if, 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 if violence was in the media back then, what's changed from then till now is, is sort of my thing. Wait. Well, I, I think we had I think we had more compasses. I, I think there were things that we considered right or wrong. There were lines that we would not cross. I, I agree with you. I played cowboys and Indians and army and all of that stuff back then. But um, you know, we understood that we were just playing that and we weren't trying to live that out. And and we we had a sense of of what was right and what was wrong, what was moral, what was immoral. Um, and we live by that. Th that doesn't exist today. And that's sad to say, but it doesn't exist for too many individuals um, in our society. And we see it displayed every day uh, on the news when they report about the violence in our streets. Our guest on the program today for a few more minutes is the good Reverend Charles Harrison of the Ten Point Coalition. So I'm about to talk about crime and violence this year and uh, what's ahead for next year. Uh, Reverend Harrison, looking forward uh, for the remainder of September, uh, October, November, December, uh, I know that's when, is, can we expect crime to go down or or does it sort of creep back up again during the holiday season? Because as, as we, you and I have kind of jokingly said in the past, but not really joking about it, even drug dealers got to buy their kids Christmas presents. Well, that's true. And I think over the last uh, three weeks, we have seen an uptick in the level of violence in the city. For some reason, the fall months have been even more deadlier than the summer months. And we have been seeing this trend now um, for about uh, eight years now, eight or nine years. We've seen this trend where we're seeing dramatic increases in violence, particularly uh, in the last two or three years in October, which we've had, I think, 30 uh, homicides in October for the two consecutive years. So September, October, we get into November, we're getting into the holiday season. If money's tight on the streets, we're going to tend to see a lot more balance, and certainly around Christmas time. And also, too, old friend, uh, I want to remind folks, too, that, that violence in Indianapolis is not necessarily just an Indianapolis problem, uh, because criminals don't know where the county line road is. No, they don't. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, and that was a concern that was expressed uh, several years ago, that, that if we didn't get a hold of what was happening in Indianapolis, that we were going to see it begin to spread um, in other cities around Indianapolis and certainly uh, in some of our uh, cities in central Indiana, which we're seeing, you know, south of Indianapolis and, and certainly um, 
uh, north of Indianapolis, when you look at, at cities like Anderson and, and, and Muncie, um, we're seeing an influx of individuals from Indianapolis in those uh, cities, um, you know, doing criminal activity that is leading to some violence. So, my friend, uh, what's a regular person to do these days? Well, I, I think we have, have an election coming up, and, and, and I think people have to really consider um, who we are electing for public office that have a real uh, plan um, to, to help address this issue. Um, I, was, I was just reading some stats. At, oh, and just so people know, know, I'm not on the ballot, so there we go. I, just... know, you're not, I know you're not on the ballot. You're not on the ballot. But, but, but I, I believe that Indianapolis can get back to where we once were as a city, and, and, and certainly, um, and even do better than that. Um, I'm looking at what's going on in Boston, and they have about 667,000 people, uh, and they just set a goal for 2026 of 32 or less homicides. They've been running about 40 homicides a year uh, for the last four years. Um, we only have a couple hundred thousand more people than them, um, but if Boston can do that, Abdul, then we certainly can bring our numbers down in Indianapolis that's comparable based on population to the same level that Boston is doing. But it's going to take uh, a citywide effort, and all of the agencies in this city, along with community and faith-based groups, are going to have to work together like we once did, uh, where public safety is a priority in our city, and it's not being politicized, but we're doing it to make the city safer for all of our residents. And if we do that, I think the future looks bright for Indianapolis and we can dramatically bring these numbers down uh, to an acceptable level uh, for a city our size. All right. Well, our guest on the program today has our guest on the program today has been our good friend, the Reverend Charles Harrison of the Ten Point Coalition. Just sort of looking at uh, some of the, the latest homicide and murder numbers here in the city of Indianapolis, and just talking about the past as well as what we uh, hope to accomplish in our future. So, Reverend Harrison, old friend, as always, sir, thank you very much for being with us. Always good to talk to you. Well, thank you for having me. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.